Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is Carrie Bird, Elementary Children's Ministry Director at Cedar Ridge Christian Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Carrie, I've known you all your life. You have. <laughs> I have. In fact, I baptized you almost 30 years ago and even officiated your wedding. Wow. Wonder how that happened. But even so, there are areas of your life and ministry I don't fully understand, and I'm interested in hearing you tell from your perspective about the life of a PK, preacher's kid, turned minister's wife, turned mom, turned ministry director. And I know that you have some exciting things to share about a new ministry that you and your husband, Michael, are involved in. You can share as much of that as you'd like to as well. So Carrie, tell us your story. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know so much of it because you are my dad. Oh, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> Forget those things. <laughs> yeah. I was born in Colorado during a blizzard. And uh, I don't really remember the town I was born in. I went back and visited a couple of years ago. That it was, was on Pearl Harbor Day. It was on Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, I do remember the second town we lived in Colorado, just barely, but I remember a little bit. I like I remember the snow and certain things. Uh, and so we lived in Colorado for, I think, the first three or four years of my life. Because yeah, I definitely was in preschool in the like next town. Six or six years. I don't. I have to think. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say what year you were born because I get in big trouble. But you're right. Three years of that. We were there yeah. seven years. Yeah. So about so, three years. Of I have life. an older sister and a younger brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we lived in Colorado for the first couple of years, and then we were in Collinsville, Oklahoma, for several years, where I attended preschool in Owasso. At, where did you attend yeah. preschool? Our Little Saints at First Christian Church of Owasso, I think was the name of it then. Yeah. Who was the senior preacher there? Glenn Liston. So, okay. so and, and we, we might tell us something about him a little later. Right, you yes, got, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Miss Shirley, his wife, was my preschool director. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah, that was a cool story of how things kind of turn around later in life. On that yeah. One. <laughs> Um, and then when I was going into third grade, we moved to Murfreesboro, Arkansas, which is the diamond mine of North America. You can go dig for diamonds, which I did. Although if I'd found one, I had to give it to the state because I got in for free. <laughs> so we knew a state ranger and <laughs> oh, I would go in with his daughter. And I never went because it was so hot. I'd yes. be out there in that field digging. I've been back as an adult, and yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. I'd yeah. go after a rain in the fall, maybe. <laughs> that would probably be the nice time to go. But Murfreesboro was a nice place. Yes, it was very uh, picturesque for a childhood. Like, I yeah. got to ride my bike all over town. I could ride up to see you and Mom at the church. Yeah, that was, that's the bulk of my childhood memories is there. Um, a great little store to go Yes, to yeah. get a Coke and a Hawkins store. store and, yeah. and we used to always say that in, in Murfreesboro that we knew uh, really everybody. Yeah. You know, it was, 
if you came across somebody at a stop sign, you knew who they were and uh, where they were going. And if you didn't, you wrote down, you went and asked. (laughs) (laughs) I used to think I could ride all over town, but now I realize it was just a section of town between our house and the church. And I think yeah. if we wanted to go past the church, we had to let you guys know or, you know. Cause well, there wasn't a whole lot past it, wasn't No, there wasn't, but <laughs> it, it occurred to me not too long ago, I didn't really have free reign over the town, but it felt like I had free reign yeah. to, to ride wherever I wanted I to. I think the town was, what, 1,500 people maybe? Yeah. It was a county like seat. Yeah. 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 So, so. Uh, a lot of, you know, I had a lot of friends. I had a good group of friends at that church that I went to school with. It never occurred to me until we moved again that I would go to school with people I didn't go to church to, with. Because that was the large church in town, and most people, you know, I had friends I didn't go to church with, but the bulk of my friends went to our church. Well, you had a large, you really had a large Sunday school class. Yes. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. if I remember when you were 10, you were in an all girls Sunday school class. We had a boys' class and a girls' class for yeah, that. I age don't even class. know who the boys were. I don't remember who the boys <laughs> were in my group. Mom taught my Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, have some cool memories of going camping with you guys with that Sunday school class. Yeah, that was, I think that was the only time we ever did that, but we had so many of those girls. We, I think two or three years, we took them to Mount yep. Nebo, Arkansas, and had a great time hiking. Yeah. And, and I still remember all those yeah. uh, fun times we had. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was, that's, I always thought, well, and after we moved to Tennessee, I thought, I'll go back and live there. I want to go back and live there. That's where all my friends are. I just was convinced I was going to go back. And then, you know, a couple of years into Tennessee, it kind of started to fade away that I would move back. <laughs> However, there there are a number of, of uh, grown adults and some of them getting older mm-hmm. who are preacher's kids who moved back there or stayed there after their oh, parents were mm-hmm. ministered in that town. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good church to, yeah. to grow up in and... It was. Or it was, feel like I grew up in. I was yeah. still, you know, we were, I was going into seventh grade when we moved to Tennessee, and um, I still felt like that I had grown up, I guess, in Murfreesboro. <laughs> For the longest time, I would still count that as my hometown. Yeah. Um, I think I was well into adulthood before I started calling Tennessee my hometown for some reason, and I don't know why. Well, we were four years in Murfreesboro and nine years <laughs> in, Tennessee. In, in Tennessee. Well, yeah. Well, your mom and I. We're actually 11 years there, but nine years in ministry. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, when we moved to Tennessee, it was it was closer to a church startup, I guess. Yeah. They had been around for a little while, but it was still very small. We were meeting in an old house. And, yeah. Um, I think there was only one girl my age when we moved there. Um, and she didn't go to my school, so that was a big change. And... Uh, you didn't, I could ride my bike around town, but not quite like Murfreesboro. I couldn't ride all the way to the church. I couldn't, you know. You couldn't really ride in town. We lived in a neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there was a good neighborhood that we could ride around in. And so. Huge town after Murfreesboro. It was. It had, it's 14,000. It had a so. Walmart. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was huge. We didn't have to drive an hour to get to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess, no, we could go. We, 30 about, minutes yeah, in Arkansas. 10, yeah. 10, 15 maybe even. Yeah. But, yeah. So, um yeah, it was, that's where I ended up graduating from, was Tennessee, and that's where, I didn't meet my husband there, but that's where I lived when we, when we met, so, um, you actually introduced me to my husband, my mm-hmm. senior year of high school, 
and uh, Michael loves telling that story, and anybody who wants to can go listen to his podcast and listen to it. <laughs> but Dad introduced us. And My, Michael not. Bird, just go back and search it out on the podcast. Yes. It, it, sometime last year. They like yeah. to embarrass me with that story, saying we met online. Um Michael loves to say we met online, even though you knew him in person. Yeah, but online for you back then was was, was email. Yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't even send a picture without going through a lot of... No, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a lot of work. But I did, uh, for, for our listeners who aren't, uh, who haven't heard Michael, uh, I did meet Michael on a revival uh, in uh, near Memphis, where he was a youth minister for this, with the Stricklands. Greg and Lori Strickland, and uh, I was doing a revival for them, and that was well before we started this ministry, uh, or they joined this ministry. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of those weird kind of the future story and the past story. And and Michael grew up not far from from uh, Collinsville. No, we could have met if we had stayed in Collinsville. It's uh, it's likely Art, we would Oklahoma. have met somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. church camp or something. So yeah. it's just uh, funny how God works things out. Mm-hmm. This time he just used your daddy. That's right. <laughs> I, I, people have said, I've said, we had an arranged marriage just to see what people, you know, look <laughs> on their face. And they're like, what? And I said, no, actually, I don't think my dad intended for me to marry him. At least not as fast as we did. Because yeah. we got married uh, after I graduated from high school about a month later. You started dating so. in Novo- November of your senior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We were engaged by January and married in mm-hmm. July. So, yeah, it was it was quick and... Um, I remember you saying, are you sure? And I said, well, you introduced me to him. And he said, well, I didn't, I didn't expect you to marry him. <laughs> just, just want to introduce yeah. you to a nice guy. <laughs> so, yeah. That was yeah. Cool. It was interesting, though, that you started out your dating by, by uh, emailing one another and then phone yeah. calls and then mm-hmm. finally your first date. And I think that's probably why we've done so well is because we actually talked about important things over email and phone conversations and got a real sense of who each other were before meeting in person and having, you know, to say, oh, well, he looks nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was a while before, I mean, he's in a picture home with me from the revival, just in case. Yes. But it was a while before he got to see a picture of you. It was a while because we had to scan it in and send had it. To and take it to a friend to get it scanned yes. and then put it in, in the email. It was it was a real ordeal. It was, it was yeah. a lot of work. It's funny <laughs> when you think about it now with the phones we have and everything we do now. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 You're really old. I'm really old. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So uh, you got married uh, in, in uh, well, we're not, we're, do we want to say years because that puts an age? Well, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've been married 20 years. We just celebrated 20 years right. this year. Um, and, um, yeah, in, we got 20, in, in 2021. Yes. Who knows if oh, how long people will be listening to this podcast. I figure there's a date stamp on it. <coughs> um, yes, so we were married in 2001, and I moved to South Haven and attended... Mississippi. South Haven, Mississippi, where yes, he was. Suburb of youth, Memphis, yeah. Youth minister, and... Uh, I was enrolled in college at the time, full full time, and did a little babysitting here and there. But he worked part time FedEx and part time at the church, and we did okay money wise. I, you know, I don't remember thinking we're completely broke. We, you know, just washed our pennies, but it's pretty mm. nice. And then I don't know, it's probably a year in. 
probably around our first year. I think it was 10 months okay. or so that we that, were looking for a youth minister. That Lexington was looking for a youth minister, and you were still the senior minister there. And I remember we debated, you know, applying just because it might be awkward having yeah. your father-in-law as your senior minister. But he applied because it was a full-time job, and he needed to stop working FedEx. It was a lot of work, and I was pregnant with our first son, and he knew that was going to be, you know, change a lot of things for us. So he applied, and as I remember the search committee, you told him you can put him at the bottom of the list because you didn't want him to treat it. Right. Treat and him I, as a matter of fact, I told them that I would not be a part of the decision-making on the search team. I mean, I would I would sit in on the interviews and everything else, so I could ask questions, but right. I would not make that decision since he was my son-in-law. Right. And uh, although I had seen him work at South Haven, and would have been would have been very happy to have him because he right. had his, a fine work ethic, yeah. which is important to me. More, right, which actually, is why he got introduced to me, really, because if he hadn't had a good work ethic, you would. No, nah, I never would have. <laughs> if he was if he was some lazy bum, I would have. I wouldn't even introduce you. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but he was and a hard. That's why you work hard all the time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So and and really, if I remember right, some of the guys on our we had a leadership team uh there at the time and and uh, some of the guys said well we'd like to have him we like him but really we want carry back because you you worked hard with the church you were on the praise team you anytime something needed to be done you were there and even in your senior maybe junior year too you you were at church with me at 6 a.m 6 to 7 a.m on sunday mornings and you were there till afternoon, and we were uh, we had two morning services and a Sunday school in, the, in between, and you were you were there, uh, yeah. you were there getting things done and and uh, helping get the coffee ready for the praise team and and ready for our devo- praising devotionals and stuff in the morning. So uh, they knew they got Michael, they got another good worker right. with Michael too, yeah. and and someone that knew the knew the kids, and that was helpful. Yes. Although so. my younger brother was still in the youth group, so that that made it feel a little awkward for me because I didn't think I should be his sponsor. Right. Um, even though I had always kind of tried to. But that worked his, out pretty good anyway. Know. I mean, he and Michael became good friends. And... Oh yeah, they yeah, and and they would have never made it to youth group things without Kurt being the navigator. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's sense of direction is not the not the best and that was before GPS. So well I can't remember when y'all came, were we still in the first phase building? We were out of the house. We had youth programs still going on in, in the in the old house, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or had we we had not moved into the larger building. We we'd already had one building project. We had one building already built because that's where we had our reception for the church but the, or for our wedding. Uh-huh. But the uh, second one must have been in the building phase because yeah, because it wasn't a long. year later, Kristen got married in that building and right, so. and so you it was too small for your wedding, but we came back. Oh, it was really too small for your reception it too. Really was. But uh, <laughs> but I, I seem to me like I remember Michael and I both moving our offices out of the house into the office complex in the in the new larger building. So uh, and and him because he had set up the the whole youth program, what we call the loft. And, right. and that's where really things begin to take off real well. Mm-hmm. So, so did you like doing? I mean, how how did you feel about the time in 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 uh, South Haven? I just it was a good time to be away from parents, I guess. Yes, and, it was good for our first year of marriage, yeah. or most of our first year of marriage, to be 
on our own and be at least a couple hours. But you guys were always, once we moved to Lexington, you guys were really good about leaving us alone yeah. um, to, to have our own space and to be our own family and, you know, to make sure yeah. you weren't being the nosy in-laws or anything like that. And especially uh, because Michael got plenty of you at work. You know? <laughs> he did get a lot of me at work. <laughs> so, and mom. Yeah. Because mom was the secretary. Yeah. The, at the time, she, yeah, the she time. sure was. So, <laughs> we worked closely together. And you were busy with a, with a new baby. Yes. A lot. So, yeah. uh, but we were together. Uh, Wait, was, mom's, was mom the secretary? Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah. Probably part time, and then she became full time somewhere in that in that period. She was still working at a bank, yeah. part time and part time with the church. That's she right. she was also doing she was also children's ministry director and secretary, and doing all that part time while working at the bank. And oh, okay. That's and then hard. when Michael came, he took over youth, everything I think except I think uh, your mother kept held on to the nursery program and oversaw that, and he took everything from outside of nursery through high school. Right. Okay. And and uh, probably did something with young adults too. I don't really remember, but uh, I know things really took off. We got the new building, and and uh, and I always had a good working relationship with him. Uh, and but I'm I'm thinking that you got married in two thousand and one, uh, and so you moved probably the first of two thousand two somewhere around in there. It so. was. It was May or June when we moved because I was I was probably five months pregnant. Right. So Michael and I had a chance to work together for not quite two years before this ministry took us away, and and uh, but we were still in the same town because you all stayed there another year uh, after we left. Exactly. Yeah. And so. and then uh, uh, and then you made a move. So mm-hmm. tell us more about that. Yeah, so we um, felt like God was telling us it was time to leave Lexington. And so Michael resigned and actually ended up taking a a part-time job at a factory. Yeah, it was part-time. It was not paying all of our bills. I do remember that. We had some savings and had some help at the time. Um, And I was very pregnant with our second child. And I just remember this because we went and to some mountains in Kentucky to an interview and I got so sick it was it was the hills and the mountains and I was just it felt very claustrophobic (laughs) it was way it was east east Kentucky where it was very yes yeah yeah and I just I remember just being there going I can't live here I've never (laughs) felt so claustrophobic (laughs) but I, I now I look at it I really Michael didn't think that church was a good fit anyway but I think God was telling me this is not a good fit don't rush into anything um and uh Michael's hometown church minister had uh called him and said there is a job in Katy Texas with Glenn Liston and who 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 had been to Wassa right had so our family kind of knew him I think Michael's family probably knew him too, because again, they're not too far from it. Oh, Glenn had held revivals at Tyrell, Kansas. No, I, no. I remember on on several occasions. Definitely. So yeah, so yeah, Michael's his, family would yeah, known. his family knew him, and but he waited. He said, "We know we want you," based off of just recommendations from other people and your application, or you know your your resume. We want you. 
but we know your wife is very pregnant. You can't fly right now. I was very pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they waited an extra, I think, month just to interview us in person. You couldn't do a Zoom then? Couldn't do a Zoom. They had done a phone conversation, I'm sure, with Michael. um, But they wanted to meet the whole family. And we had to wait two weeks after Joel was born to fly, to get, you know, the doctor's okay to fly. And so they waited, I think, about a month. And, of course, Joel, being Joel, was a week late. And I just remember being so, (laughs) (laughs) come on, kid, let's go. (laughs) Um, That was was a perfect fit for us after. um, But now he didn't go from youth minister to youth minister, did he? No, he went from youth to full-time children's, which was a big move for him, and he was a little nervous about it because while he did children's in Lexington, it was not his main focus. Right. Um, But Glenn said, if you'll do it for several years, you know, until we grow to a certain size, you'll have first option at junior high ministry, which is what Michael thought he wanted to do. Well, he got to, to Texas and loved it. And he really thrived at it. He did really well at it. Um, and I guess during that time, I helped make ends meet by having a couple of kids at our house all the time that were about the boys' age, so it was built-in friends. And yeah. um, and I was up there a lot, helping prepare things and helping him transition to children's. But he did really well there and decided that he didn't want to go in junior high ministry, which was thrilling for me because I did not want to do junior high ministry. I just did not think that I did well with junior high girls. So I was really happy when he said he didn't want to do that. Yeah, I remember him saying that that was, he was sold on children's ministry. That's yes. what he wanted to do. Yeah. And yeah. Glenn helped him a lot, sent him to, you know, well, the church, but Glenn made sure that he had leadership development in that area, I sent him and said, go find a conference that you think will help you. And Michael flew to what at the time was um, the best children's conference, I think, out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back from that all pumped and all kinds of options, you know, options for curriculum and things like that. And, and just really fell in love with it. And he's so organized. Children's ministers have to be super organized and work ahead. And he he did that well. So. well he's, uh, I might say he, he got so good at it, he was, he got to help in other churches yes in in yeah. a number of areas and mm-hmm. and uh, uh which will lead us into some other things in a little right. while <laughs> we can do it now but uh yeah glenn uh to tell the story that i love to tell that apparently you don't remember and glenn doesn't remember uh when you were at the preschool in owasa uh, i had been to tulsa was going back home to collinsville and i was supposed to pick you up and all of a sudden i got this panic attack it was 30 minutes past dismiss time, and I had not gone to Owasa to get you, and first thing I thought was about your mother. <laughs> How am I going to explain to her I forgot our, our second child, you know? And so I, I turned the car around because I was past Owasa. I turned around, hurried back to the church, just panicking all over, got in, and the secretary, and I can't remember her name, but she was just, I just loved her. She was great. I came in wide-eyed, and the secretary of the church saw me come in, and she smiled real big and said, in Glenn's office. And I went in Glenn's <laughs> office, and you were sitting on his desk with your feet hanging over the side, and he was just playing and talking to you and everything. And 
and uh, who would have thought years later you would have been uh, on, with your husband on his staff? Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's such a great love story. That story because yeah, I wish I could remember it. Uh, yeah, but and who would have thought I would be in the senior minister's office? Like, why wasn't I out there with the secretary? You would just not think that yeah. the senior minister would take. Glenn's time just that to, kind of guy, and yeah. and uh, and yeah. treat treats y'all like his own kids when you move there. Yes, he did. I think he's, and yeah. which we appreciated very much because you were Absolutely. moving a long way from us. Uh, we were still living in Tennessee at the time. We lived a couple of more years before we moved right. to Mississippi. Yeah, so. it was a big move. It was very nerve wracking with <coughs> with a newborn and a three year old, and yeah, mom helped drive me and the boys down separately from Michael with the moving truck. He was a couple days ahead of us with his family, and it was. It was nerve-wracking for sure, but, um, I mean, that's where we met our best friends that we're still friends with. That's where I think we probably matured the most, you know, yeah. even spiritually matured more right. there. Um, is where we healed from a lot of hurt, so. Yeah, um, and I think our listeners know if they've listened to many podcasts that, yeah. that uh, and I say this all the time, there are difficulties in any job you take. In, in this world, anything you do, you're going to have difficult people to deal with. And the, and if you think about it, in, in your own personal family, you've got that uncle that you really, you know, he's coming for Thanksgiving and oh my, <laughs> I got to, I got to deal with that. And, and that, that uncle, but he's not really your uncle, but that uncle is going to be in your church family as well. Right. And he's going to say the wrong things and mm-hmm. at the wrong time and, and it's hurtful things. And so whatever we do, uh, but in ministry, we do have we do have uh, the Holy Spirit in us to give us guidance and help and and to help us heal. And sometimes we do need to heal. Yeah. And and, and uh, I don't know that we really felt like we needed to heal. It was just you realized after you were away from the situation yeah. that oh I'm I'm hurt and I didn't realize I was hurt. And, right. Well, and, well, I probably realized it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you not as much. I didn't realize it was so deep. Earlier you said that that Michael felt the Lord was leading him, that it was time to leave right. Lexington. And sometimes the Lord leads us because a situation becomes, uh, well... Just hard. Just hard. Sometimes even intolerable. And, and you have to make a decision. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it ended up being the best thing for us. Yeah. I can see where moving to Katie was, even though we were only there for four years, it was... The best, and it's hard. For for, it's hard for family, but I've always said in premarriage counseling that you know if you're from a small town and you're you got your family all around you, one of the best things you can do when you get married is take one or two years and move move two to three hundred miles away, mm-hmm. and and just unless you've got a job that you're going to stay at the rest of your life in this town, right. move away, and so you have to rely on one another. And we did. And when you moved to Katie, that was even more so mm-hmm. because that was fifteen hours from us. And then even further, well, I don't know further, but about maybe the same distance from his parents. Yeah, it was it was close to the same. Yeah, and but, uh, but thankfully you did have uh, uh, Glenn. Mm-hmm. We had Glenn and, and, and Charlie, Charlie and uh, Jeremy and Julie Peterson, who right. were the youth minister and his wife at the church, and we helped them some by being sponsors in the youth ministry when they were low for you know Wednesday night programming or something like that, and they. They helped us out a whole lot, and they, we were babysitters for each other when we needed it. And yeah, well, how, it was really good. Uh, what what uh, prompted the move from Katie? 
or what were some of the things that prompted the move? Uh, well, Glenn resigned, uh, retired. It was, you know, he's done some other ministry things since, but not. He's always active. He, yeah, yeah, he's always active, but he's not been a senior minister, I don't believe, again. So he retired, and um, Jeremy and Julie ended up moving to Dallas after that, um, before we got another senior minister. And so we were the only ones on staff when we got another senior minister. And Michael kind of just saw this is not going to be the kind of working relationship that I'm I'm used to or I'm wanting, um, and we had the opportunity to move to Broken Arrow. There were actually two Christian churches in Broken Arrow hiring at the same time for children's ministry, and we applied for both, and it's only an hour and a half from his family, which was good, and, you know, all his siblings were back here at the time, and it was it was a good idea to, to look at it, I guess. So um, both churches wanted us. But Cedar Ridge is the church his grandmother had been active in when he was younger. Like, he remembered coming here. And, and you know, some of the people probably even knew him. But his grandmother had been such a, I guess, active member of the church. Mm-hmm. And his uncle, because he was still at home when she was here. But um, that people just love on us like family here. They mention Grandma Rose a lot to us. Um, the older ladies love him just because I think that he was related <laughs> to Grandma Rose. <laughs> but she was an amazing woman. And, uh, yeah, she was a really amazing grandma. But So I see why they do that. But um, So we took this church. We felt like it was the better fit um, and sent our kids to private school at the other church (laughs) (laughs) uh, for at least a couple of years and it just ended up being perfect he's he was children's minister here for about 10 years until covid hit and he was still children's by name but he began doing the online campus ministry when we all had to switch to online and we didn't have anything online at the time which is which is interesting for a church of this size well, he, interestingly enough, during his sabbatical of January, I guess, 2020, he had told our senior minister that he was going to just kind of check out what this online ministry stuff was about. We had a couple of friends who were becoming online campus ministers at their church, and, you know, how was how could we implement that? Because he felt like Cedar Ridge really needed to do that. And um, Greg said, go for it. It's your sabbatical, wherever you think you need to look into and so when he came back he said I think we should do this we should look into it you know get the equipment at least be streaming the service and it was gonna I think it would have happened it was just gonna be a lot slower well in May I think May of 2020 or I don't even remember even before March. that March yeah, yeah everybody you know we decided on a Saturday night the church decided we're not meeting tomorrow and uh, Greg called him and said hey can you make that online thing happen <laughs> overnight. And he called another minister. That happened to a lot of preachers yes. who don't who didn't have the expertise or this, that Michael had. Yeah. yeah, and he called another member who has some great expertise in, in technology and said, can you help me? And he said, sure. And they were up all night working on it, but they were able to stream the service the next day for, you know, except I believe our worship minister and great came up and went ahead and did their stuff. It just was to an empty crowd. Um, and so because of that, 
you know, while the building and everything was shut down, it was not a problem that we didn't have a children's minister. It's, you know, we right. still had some children's ministry curriculum online for families to do at home, but we didn't need to be there organizing volunteers. And so it wasn't a big deal. Well, then when we opened back up, which was just about a month or two later, we did not stay closed very long. Um, they asked him to keep doing it, you know, and we were still small over in the children's area and a lot of people had come back. And so it was not a problem. I've always been a full-time volunteer for him. And we have a lot of full-time volunteers that work every Sunday and they were, a few of them were coming back. And so we could handle it just, you know, the four of us or something. Well, a year later, it was starting to kind of wear on, <laughs> wear on us volunteers. And so um, that's when the transition was made that he would become the online campus minister and they would hire me as the elementary uh, children's director. And so I am part-time, I'm not full-time, which is just fine with me for right now because I still want to be available for my boys whenever I want to be available. Right. And um, and it helps because we also have a business that we run and I can be at home doing some things like that. We have, um, it's called Sign Presenter, if anyone wants to look it up. <laughs> we work with churches. So, sign Presenter, work with churches, it's a business and, and it's, what, what, uh, what would be the web address? Signpresenter.com. Signpresenter.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically digital signage for inside of a building. So you can schedule out mm -hmm. ads. It's a digital bulletin if it gives you, you know, you can put a screen up in the lobby and put anything that you put in the bulletin on that, but you don't have to print everything and you can change it in an instant or add something. Oh, we forgot this. Let's throw it up there. It doesn't take very long. And you can also use it in the classroom, which was a new development since. Well, not since COVID, we had been using computers and TVs, but Sign Presenter uses a fire stick, so I use it in children's ministry now. And uses something that Michael kind of took and developed off of something that was already made. Yes. That, that works. <laughs> but it's not only that is not only works with churches. You also do some businesses as well. We do a lot of businesses. Yeah. I, I, I know yeah. uh, over thanks, Thanksgiving we were visiting and and there was a problem at mall of america <laughs> yes they were calling they were having some and i know what it was because he never and, told me and i don't think know. it was on his end and what he told me <laughs> it was something going on there but anyway but that's uh, okay that's what we do we do customer service and help people yeah. on their end when they have missed a step you know there's only three steps but sometimes you can miss a step. so, so. michael is online minister and is and and i might say that it is online ministry at cedar ridge is not we're putting something online. Uh, he's got a room that I, I went in with with uh, my other son-in-law, who's a minister, who was visiting for Thanksgiving. We went in to see again the setup, and it's like walk, walking into NASA Mission Control. I mean, there's computers everywhere. There's people <laughs> running things, running the cameras at, yeah. outside of the auditorium, and also communicating online. And uh, it, it's yeah. really an amazing thing. So that takes full-time work and the volunteers. Plus, you have the volunteers for the children's program, and you have this other business, and you have another ministry you're working with. Uh, I, 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 for, I actually get lost trying to think about the things that you are doing, <laughs> and that's why I said at the beginning there are things that I don't t fully understand uh, what's going on. But, but um, So you transitioned into the children's ministry director, mm -hmm. and, and how are you liking that? I love it most of the time. I mean, there's always some things about a job that you don't just 
love and you know sitting at a desk all day has never been my I, I don't I've never had a job where I sit at a desk all day so to do even two days a week has been a transition for me um, but I love it I love working with the people I work with we have a great next-gen team and a great staff I've always come up here for staff lunches on Monday we have staff meeting in the morning and most everybody goes to staff lunch afterwards and so couple of us wives would join. I probably was the most steady because I worked from home and so I could. And so I already knew all of them, had, you know, relationships with each one of them. And I really do enjoy it. Our volunteers, our leaders is what I call them, but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in the children's area make it a lot easier because we have a lot. Michael did an incredible job of recruiting some full-time leaders, people that work every Sunday. And we try to encourage people to do that because if you don't build relationships with kids, then you're not doing it. Like the kids aren't going to see Jesus in you if they can't have that personal relationship with you. And if you don't know their name because you only work on a rotation once a month. Right. And especially with as much as kids come to church anymore, um, because I think the average is one point five times a month or something for families wow. and that's it that's considered a regular attender now wow yeah it is and we see that i mean we have our base crew that comes every week um but we also have a lot that rotate through and our leaders can actually learn their names even even for the people who work every week it's hard to remember their names if they only come once a month but I can't imagine if you only saw them once every six months because you were on a rotation and you didn't hit their weeks every, you know. Because mm -hmm. it's not like they're going to say, well, we come the first week every month. That's <laughs> just not how that works. Right. <laughs> so um, Michael did an incredible job of recruiting all those people. And, I mean, I was one of them. And mm -hmm. so the transition for me being uh, <coughs> a leader to being their children's, director was not a hard jump and nobody surprisingly nobody's questioned it that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I, none of our leaders have because I was doing it for a year for free right and they just knew I explained Michael's got to be over there to stream the service for all the online people oh and everybody was fine with that nobody thought anything about it but after a while I did get a couple people saying when's he coming back <laughs> and that's when we had to say to the church leadership it's time to to make a change or michael's got to stop doing online because our leaders need a leader right they need to have somebody who knows the answers and i would say i don't know the answer to that because mm. I, you know i'm not on staff i'm not in the meetings that you know they could ask questions and i would not necessarily know the answer because i didn't think to ask michael <laughs> so it was important to hire somebody else or to or to or to just go ahead and pay you for what you're doing Right, exactly. And right. it just seemed like the easiest transition for everybody, especially, I mean, they're getting a good deal on part-time. <laughs> yeah. I have to hire another full-time person, especially because Michael is still full-time. I mean, that was adding another staff during COVID when churches were trying to save, you know, save their pennies because tithes right. had gone down and things. So it was, I think it was the easiest transition. Well, I'm always amazed at your volunteers. Once or twice a year we get to... to stop and, and go to church here, sometimes just passing through right. uh, on the way to another revival. But we usually will go to the first service 
And then, and because that's you and Michael attend the first service. Of course, Michael now has to be at Mission Control, but right. <laughs> but we used to get to sit with both of you, and and that was something I always emphasized when we hired hired Michael, and have always emphasized. And I would, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there right. uh, that I always say if you've got multiple services, and you've got a youth minister who's doing everything, children's ministry and all, I expect him to be with his wife in one of the two services, sitting there worshiping as an adult because you get to know the adults, but also you need that time. You need to have that worship time. Now, there are going to be occasions where there's emergencies and you just can't do it. But uh, now it's a situation where you're both involved in two different ministries and on staff. And and, uh, But I was going to say, we get to come and sit with you in church and then we walk over with you to the children's uh, building, which which was the first worship building of the church. And then the second worship building of the church is now the teen worship building. Right. And the third one is the large one. Uh, and so we walk over with you, and I'm always amazed to hear the staff. You know, a child walks in, and they say hello to them before they're all signed in, and they know who they are and, and their name, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and they just they just casual conversation with them, like, right. like uh, they talked to them yesterday. Yeah. And uh, that's an amazing thing that churches need to learn. And a lot of people think they don't. A lot of churches say, "Well, we don't have we we don't have anybody who will volunteer for this." Mm. What would you say to that? You well, if you're not praying about it, then you need to be praying about it. You need to pray that God gives you that right person to be in there. But I recruited my my first leader from when we were in when we had first moved here, probably about two years in. But we had had some people move away, and I needed somebody to serve every week with me in the first and second grade room. And that Sunday, I asked every parent at pickup, would you consider volunteering? You know, And I was letting them be a rotation because I was the steady person, and right. that was fine with me. I needed somebody around the computer in the back. Now I wouldn't have to do that because sign presenter, you use it with a remote. But <laughs> we do require two adults in every room anyway. But um, I asked every person that week. And that week I asked, um, who is one of my good friends now, Carolyn Davis, and they had been coming to our church not very long. And I did not know I didn't her know very that. well. No, I did not know her very well. But I knew her son. And they had been there every week. And he was a really good kid. And so I had really hoped that she would say yes. Because my, I kind of told somebody the other day, my theory is if your kids are well behaved in my class, you are doing something right. You know how to discipline with love. You know how to pull their attention you know how to teach them something at home. And so that's a good, a lot of times that's a good teacher in the classroom. They may not want to be with their own kid, and that's fine. But um, I knew, I just had that good sense that Carolyn would be a, a good leader. And she is, she's an excellent leader, and she has been serving every week since. She said, yes, that would help us make sure we're at church every week, and I think I need that. I need something, a responsibility here that makes sure I'm here. And so she started coming for two hours, for both hours. So, and that was about a year or two in? Yes. And you've I been here how long? I don't know. You got to stop and think now. <laughs> a long time. A long time, yeah. Ten, ten years? Uh, our oldest was in first grade, and he graduated last year. So <coughs> I think we're on year 12. I think we just started year 12. And so um, the... Uh, and so her son was actually in class. I think he was in second grade. So maybe it was just a year in. 
and, <coughs> and <laughs> so so that's been quite a long while. Yes. So Carolyn, being my best, one of my best leaders, especially in COVID, she was she's helped a whole lot. Um, it was from asking every parent and just praying, you know, that one of them would be the right one. And I have always been amazed that I, one Sunday I asked every parent <laughs> and I got the best leader, you know, one of the best leaders we have right now that shows up every week. We have quite a few that do now show up every week. And this goes back to the story that Beth and I are always saying, that your mom are always saying that, that you, you're never more than six people away from somebody you know. Yes. And it was so amazing <laughs> to find out that you two are such good friends and her parents who were both in who were in ministry uh, were friends of ours years ago. And I first saw Carolyn when she was a preschooler running around her parents' home. So that's... But we didn't know. No. Our we, families we, knew each other. No. I didn't even know she was a PK for, I don't know, two years since <laughs> <laughs> serving with her. But yeah, our boys have grown up now together and, you know, graduated the same year. Our younger two are pretty good friends. They're a couple of years apart, but... And both really cool. both your boys are active in ministry. Yes. So you might tell us about that, and we'll get back to this in a minute. I think serving every week, I do tell people this. If you're not serving every week, you cannot expect your kid to serve as an adult, for sure. And you need to, to get them serving as a teenager, which you did for us. Um, you expected us to serve somewhere. Right. You didn't really care where. it. You know, you left us open to serve where we felt like, we could thrive and do well. Um, and we did that for John Michael. John Michael's my oldest, and he has served in children's ministry, and he's really good at it. The kids just love him, but he is one of our first-hour teachers every week. Well, I, again, I watched this week as we as we were all together as a family and watched his younger cousins and how much they just clung to him. And he'll say, I'm not good with kids, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, he is. They love you. He is. He's very and he's graduated. It. He's got full-time job. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's working two jobs at this moment right. and and still volunteering. Every Sunday. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, I'm, I've i thought about getting him to... Oh, good luck. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about getting both those boys because they've both grown up serving, maybe mm-hmm. doing both of them together. We might and Joel is serving with, with Michael, which he's happy to do because we had him in the children's, and he has a, he really does not care to work with kids. He likes them just fine, but he just does not, it's just not his thing. Well, technology and helping with cameras and, and he's one of Michael's top, top leaders in his area too. And, and I mean, he had to learn on the job kind of like Michael did at the beginning and, you know, learn how to work it. But he, even if he's not running a camera or a switcher or whatever he really does in there, (laughs) um, he's teaching somebody else to do it, um. Michael has mostly teenagers running his technology, and I have several teenagers working in the children's area. And they're good. They're well-trained. They're well-trained. And uh, I asked Joel the other day when we were here at the church looking things over, and we were in the auditorium, and I I said, so uh, could you get all this? Can you run all of this? He said, pretty much I understand it all. I said, could you set it up? And he said, that would be a little more difficult. But he said, a little bit of time, I could probably do it. Yeah. But a little more difficult. So they've both been trained in ministry. Uh, whether either one of them ever goes into, into preaching or youth ministry or anything else, right. they will be ministers all their lives. 
they will be yeah, active. Yeah. And I, I think it's just so important that you serve and teach your kids to serve, even if you don't expect them to serve as teenagers because maybe your church doesn't have that space where they can because there's only one service or something like that. You should be serving. You should be teaching them service. Um, and people are missing that key component, I think, anymore. Um, but our, the most active kids that come back and are leaders in churches are the ones that served in teenagers. And both of your boys have been on mission trips. Is yes. that correct? Joel hasn't done the big mission trips because of COVID. It's interacted but, with his but, ability uh, to do it as a high schooler, but... John Michael, or John as he prefers to be called That's now right. that he's graduated, uh, <laughs> has actually even been to Asia. Yes. And we won't say where, right. but he, is, he, as a teenager, taught adult men on personal evangelism. Yes, he did. Yeah. Which uh, just impressed me on pieces. Yeah. Our church is really good at disciple making and trying to teach others to, to make disciples of Christ. And um, and I know if, if you're interested in learning that or we have a minister that is dedicated to teaching that to other churches. So if you're ever interested, they can contact Cedar Ridge. So they can contact Cedar Ridge, and how would they? What's the best way to do that? Just, Just call the church and say, yeah. "We want to learn about the disciple making program you have." And, and the church will be glad to to share their minister that mm-hmm. uh, that leads in that area. Yeah, he'll come and train somebody, or have you come here and train? And and yeah, it's really cool ministry. And I, I might even say that I, Michael. Uh, though he's very busy, is always happy to, to give some type of help to yes. give a church direction in mm-hmm. in uh, the electronic area and and in children's ministry, as are you. And you've, you've had a lot of your life in children's ministry and yes. now. so And we are helping. Um, we are helping other churches right now where we have a goal of making sure that every church can have all of the newer technology that the larger churches have because they have the money to spend on it. Smaller churches don't always have that money to spend on well, it. Because it costs thousands of it dollars cost, a year to get the It costs so much. And so we are um, offering it through Live Church Solutions. And you can Google that, Live Church Solutions. It's livechurchsolutions.org. Um, and we are offering free curriculum for children on there now that a larger church is giving us to offer to people. They create it, they use it in their own church, and then we have all the all the options online. You can download it and use it. You can use it with Sign Presenter if you want to use it with Sign Presenter. You don't have to. Um, we have free so there would be some cost with Sign Presenter, but the material itself, which is worth thousands of dollars. Oh, yes. It's completely free. And I might say, knowing you and Michael, you have checked it out doctrinally to make sure it's... Yes. In fact, we um, I've been waiting for our current curriculum to kind of run out for us to give it a trial period here at our church. And so Cedar Ridge will be using it soon. And um, Because like everything you can get free is... Um, I, I, the only way I know to say it is restoration friendly. Yes. Uh, New Testament. Yeah. Christian church, Church of Christ friendly. And and the church we're working with has said, if you catch something that you, you know, that needs to be changed, let us know. So they are not a Christian church, straight up Christian church, but they are reading it from the Bible. Right. There's no, they're not interpreting it. They're reading it from the Bible. They're creating the content from the Bible, which I love. Um, mm. 
And you would say to anyone, I know Michael said that, y'all said to anyone who is downloading this, if you find something that is not doctrinally correct, we're that you're really trying to right. catch it, but you may miss something. Right, and so let yeah. us know. Yeah, but, let you know. Um, yeah, the Live Church Solutions is offering uh, church management software, which if you're a small church, you may not think you need it. But trust me, you need it. Yes. If you're using an Excel spreadsheet or <laughs> something like that, this right. will this will save you time. It's a little bit of an initial setup, but it is going to save you time in the long run. There's free website. You can create, if your church doesn't have a website, they need to have a website. Go on there, create a website. Um, it's hosted for free. Everything. Yes. I mean, yeah. They can make donations. Right. You can make donations to help the ministry continue because it does cost on. Them in sure. the live church solutions it does cost to, for them, but they want to make sure that the that churches are thriving online and with technology. So really, in a way, you're doing for children's ministry and uh, and technology for the churches what Rock Solid Ministries is doing with revivals and teaching mm-hmm. and preaching. Exactly. And just trying to offer these things free. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I love that idea. I, I think, uh, and Michael has said, and I, and this is how we feel that the gospel should not. We should not be making money off, off the gospel. Right. That I mean, we have to pay those who who serve, and I mean that's because we want people who can do it full time. Right. But we should not be making profit right. off the gospel. And that's why Rock Solid Ministries actually gives more than a tithe of what we receive, even though we don't ask. People can make donations, and churches can make donations. We we tithe plus of what we get to other ministries mm-hmm. to help them to do the, the work of the gospel. Yeah. So, uh, well, let me ask you. Just thinking back now, one of the greatest joys that you've had in life uh, in ministry, and you can go back from that cold December day when you were born right on up to now in your life as a as a uh, as a PK or as a uh, as a ministry director or as a uh, preacher's wife so many areas there are can you think of just some time that was a great joy to you or just too many of them I threw that out at you I know it's kind of I, I do that to everybody and well, we'll just say the one that I have on my mind, but uh, I think walking a child through learning about Christ into baptism has been my greatest joy. And I have not baptized a lot of a lot of kids. I've baptized two, right? And, but uh, just because I've always handed them off to Michael as the minister, you know. Um, right. But two, I've walked through all the steps and and watched them baptized and. And just there's a joy that you can't explain from that. Okay. Uh, if you care to share, greatest difficulty, mm. or one of the greatest difficulties, or several of them if you've got them, <laughs> I don't care, that you want to say and you well, can... Leaving churches is the greatest difficulty. Leaving any church, if it's in good under good circumstances or bad, it's... Um, watching people that you thought were your friends get mad at you because you're leaving. Yeah. Sometimes it's because they love you. Yes, and they're just hurt that you would leave them. And sometimes they don't understand the circumstance in which you're leaving because... You don't want them to know if it's a bad circumstance. You don't want to lead them away from Christ or make them leave the church because 
church is just full of sinners too and right. people and we all make mistakes but um yeah that's probably the the hardest thing is it to is. is to decide to leave and then to actually announce it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then to actually do it <laughs> there's a lot of tears yeah, yeah. there is mm-hmm. there is no matter how what the situation, mm-hmm. uh, if it's good, and I've, I've left it in some good situations, I've left in some bad situations. And uh, and you were with me when I left all those bad situations. Because <laughs> you were still with me yeah. when we began this ministry. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, your mother's always said one, one of the worst things about the ministry we do now is leaving the churches. And we have to do that every week. Every. <laughs> <laughs> because you, we make such good friends. Right. And we have over the years, because we get to go back to a lot of them. And uh, having well, at least you feel good about going back to them. Sometimes well, you leave a church under a bad situation, couldn't. and you're like, I, I don't know if I can, if I can go back. It takes a long time to forgive. Yeah, it, it takes does. a long time. And and uh, well, you know, I don't know. For me, forgiveness has always come easy. It, it's um, it's trust. I, I have to say, there, it, yeah. it, it's I, I don't always get back to trust. Right. Uh, but forgiveness has, has come easy because uh, of my life scripture, you right. know, Ephesians 4.32. I, I always try to remember that God forgave me because of Christ, so I need to forgive anybody else because of Christ. So forgiveness comes easy, but trust, uh, I want to be as wise as a serpent. Right. <laughs> and, and so trust sometimes going back is, is a little difficult. Yeah. And, and, I think... Uh since it's a lot of ministers listening to this, um, I would say that if you're leaving a church and you have children, you need to make sure that they heal from it because I think sometimes it's hard to to know that you needed to heal, that you feel resentment because mm-hmm. you know your parents are hurting. Right. And, and I don't know that I knew I was resentful of things that happened in my childhood until I was an adult and it happened. And right. I realized I was carrying all that right anything else you want to share our time is about up <laughs> well this is this has been good I, I i love sitting and talking with you and learn some things i didn't know not a lot <laughs> but i did learn some That's good. um this podcast has been uh, uh uplifting for you and encouraging to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with your friends and co-workers in christ and until next time this is evangelist tom weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.